Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. I am so happy you're here, as always. Y'all, I cannot believe it's December. Like, what? What has happened? Where has this year gone? It's just so, it's so crazy. Just to kind of look back. For me personally, I look back on this year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done so much, but it's just gone by so fast. Um, so I just want to say happy December to everyone. And thank you all so much for your love and support on last week's episode. Um, I've done, you know, between this podcast and Good Learning Podcast, uh, hundreds of podcasts at this point now. And that was definitely one of the ones I was most nervous to hit the upload button for um yeah it was real it was raw it was a little unhinged at times and that's just me <laughs> as, a, as a person and I just want you all to know I, I just appreciate it. I've gotten so many messages and dms and emails uh, that that episode really resonated with you and that you appreciated uh my story and me sharing more and being more vulnerable too so I just yeah it's it's hard to do that right so when you get that validation it always feels good so I appreciate y'all so much and just know that it's been a year right it's been a year, year for so many of us and in one way shape or form and you know collectively we're going through it together so there is there's there's another there's another side right we can make it through to this other side and I'm just so happy that y'all were here on the journey with me and I'm on the journey with you. So thank you all so, so much. Um, speaking of journeys and exciting things, December is bringing two fun new things into my world. Um, you might have seen this. I posted it on LinkedIn. I also sent an email out to my email list, which more on that uh, probably next week. I'm going to talk about um, email list and some new fun things that are happening there. Anyways, um, Two fun things that are happening right now. One is that I had this idea come to me the other day and I was like, this just sounds so fun. And so I just ran with it and did it. And it's so exciting to see how many people have already signed up for it. But I am offering, I have limited spaces um, this week, which is the week of the 4th, next week, which is the week of the 11th, and the week after, which is the week of the 18th. So I'm opening up just a handful of spots for one-on-one -on -one coaching for a one-week intensive. So basically what we do is you get access to any course of mine, any specific course that you want, so any one course, um, and then we spend five days together really working through whatever it is that you want to focus on in your L&D career. So whether you're transitioning in or you're looking for your next role or you need some help you know, with your resume, whatever it may be, you have five days of access to me. We use an app called Voxer. So basically we're able to chat and text back and forth and voice note back and forth. And it's great because sometimes it's synchronous in the fact that we're both online at the same time, uh, both having conversations kind of back and forth. And then there's a big asynchronous component to it too, where you might have a question come up, but a couple hours later, I'm in there answering it for you. So it's really a direct channel to me. And yeah, I only have a couple of spots open uh, for each week. So like, I'm not doing this again in January. It's just a December thing. It's something that kind of came popped into my mind and I was like, F it, like, why not? Let's try this. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. 
I'll drop that link in the show notes. And if you are interested in it too, um, and you just have any more questions, you can feel free to email me hello at the overnight trainer.com, or you can uh, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I would love to chat with you there. So super excited about that. Uh, spaces are limited. I only opened up uh, 12 spots and quite a few have already been taking. So go ahead and take a look at that. And then I was going to charge for this masterclass. I'm doing a masterclass at the end of the month. And it was going to be just kind of my, one of my normal ones that I, I charge for. And I was like, you know what? Again, F it in the spirit of the holiday season and givings. Um, I'm doing it completely for free. So I'm super excited. This is going to be a 2024 L&D career planning masterclass slash workshop. Y'all know I don't just talk to you for 90 minutes straight. We're going to be we're going to be working in this masterclass. But really what we're going to look at is how can you position yourself and get a strategy down to land your new role in 2024. So we're really going to look at what I call the ABCDs. I have a whole episode on that. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at how are you going to be spending your time, what areas to focus in the most. And again, it's all going to be really catered towards you and your specific goals as well. So super excited about that. That is absolutely free. It's going to be a 90-minute masterclass. It is on the 21st, I believe. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, I'll correct myself uh, later if I'm wrong about that. But uh, feel free to register for that. I dropped the link in the show notes. And it's also on my LinkedIn profile on my featured section. You can access the link there register for it. And yeah, totally free. Excited to see you all there. So speaking of LinkedIn, actually, I did a post the other day about these arbitrary statistics that I see out there, uh, which are literally driving me bonkers, y'all, because I know why people use them, right? Like they're using them to be, to like, to exaggerate a point or to not, not even necessarily to exaggerate, but to make a specific point, right? 99% of blah, 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 or 75% of blah, 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 blah. And it's like my, whenever I see a number, my first instinct is like, where the heck does that number come from? And is that like 75% like based on what? Um, and like 70% of who and where and when and who conducted the study? And what happens is most of the times it's a bad game of telephone, right? Where it's like some statistics somewhere, someone did some study, but now it's gotten blown out of proportion and like that number doesn't even align. Uh, you know, I hear it a lot like, oh, 99% of high level L&D jobs are filled, you know, in the hidden job market or um, 75% of all applications get rejected by uh, the applicant tracking system you know, software or it was one that I just saw the other day. It was, oh, 90% of all jobs are filled with referrals. And I'm like, where, where, where are you getting this information from? Like, where are you getting these numbers from? And what's happening? Again, it's a bad game of telephone. So I, I always, I find the, the applicant tracking system one always the funny one. We're not going to talk about that one today, but uh, I find that so interesting because where that statistic actually came from is that there was a study a couple of years ago that showed that 75% of all organizations utilize an applicant tracking system, which tracks. And I'm sure today that is even more than a few years ago when that was conducted um, because it's the place that houses all of the applicants. It's an applicant tracking system. Like really, let's think about this for a second, right? Like it's an applicant tracking system. It's not an applicant denial system. It's an ADS, it's an ATS. And so pretty much every company utilizes that because that's how they put their jobs out into the world. It's how they collect their uh, co collect their applications. It's how they sort them. It's how they go through them, right? It's like, the, it's the system in which it holds everything. 
very, 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 very few organizations actually utilize the function. First of all, most a lot of applicant tracking systems don't even have this functionality. The ones that do have the functionality of like auto-rejecting, very few utilize that because it's finicky, right? It's fickle. And if there are some, like they might be missing out on a great candidate because the system isn't recognizing something, right? So very few use that, honestly, like very few. And then on top of that, You'll, I've noticed more and more that there are um, there's a button when you go to apply in certain in certain applicant tracking systems that asks if you are open to having the AI system go through it. Um, and when you select yes to that, all it does is it applies a some sort of like percentage. Uh, and if you select no, it doesn't put anything there. So it's not. Like, and honestly, from what I, the research I've done and seen, a lot of recruiters like don't even take that into, into consideration uh, necessarily. So uh, whether you select that button button or not. So I'm not, that's not what today's episode is about, but we can add a little, little bonus for you there. But again, so it just goes back to the fact that, you know, that statistic came out that 75% of all organizations use an applicant tracking system. Yes, that is true. That study shows that, that research shows that, but what the game of telephone that is played is 75% of all organizations use this to auto deny their applicants, right? And so that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I really, really encourage you all, when you see a statistic out there, I'm going to talk about one today, but when you see a statistic or you see like an overgeneralization, I don't want you to take it at face value unless it's like that person's research or that person's done the research and they're able to produce the proof of that research too. Um, yeah, so really keep keep that in mind. I, I personally, when I speak about my own clients, I'll always say like 50% of my clients, right? Not like 50% of all people because I don't know all people. Um, so, and my sample size isn't, you know, enough to warrant a, 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 a giant study, right? And a research study here. So just think about that. And so one of the things I want to talk about today is that I've seen people talk about this for like the last, probably it's... I think as we hit like Thanksgiving time, I see this more and more and I've always questioned it, but I've never actually looked into it until this year because something was just telling me and it wasn't sitting right. And what I hear over and over and over again and over and over and over again is that hiring slows down in Q4, that it's a time to take a break, that no one's hiring, um, and that that narrative around there's just, you know, not only is not anyone hiring, but there's a decrease in hiring too. And so it never sat right with me personally because having been in the corporate world for decades now, like just in L&D and beyond, I know that I personally have done a lot of hiring in Q4. Uh, When I was a sales manager, uh, even when I was in learning and development, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, Come January, come February, we have these open roles that are going to be ready to be filled. Q4 is a great time to hire for that so that person can start in Q1 and hit the ground running, right? So if I'm budgeted, if I'm a if I'm a, a leader of a department and I'm budgeted to be able to have someone start in Q1, well, I'm going to want to hire them in Q4 so that they're ready to start in Q1 because if I don't post that job until January, then what happens is, you know, the the search could take six 
weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, now all of a sudden we're in, we're in Q2, right? So I missed out on that whole quarter. So I'm personally, in my non-research research, have noticed a big uptick, especially in learning and development roles uh, popping up for that reason. And so, and I personally experienced that before, but I wanted to find data because my own personal experience is just my personal experience. Um, and while I know other people who've had a similar experience, I don't like to speak just based on that. So I started taking a look at the job market out there and, you know, I look, I look pretty regularly, at least, at least like once a month, I do a big overview and look at learning and development roles and see what they're trending upwards or downwards. They've been trending upwards for the last several, um, actually for this, pretty much this entire year in all honesty. I'm going to talk a little bit more about why that is, uh, later as I go through this study, but, uh, I wanted to see more from the overall job market as, as, as well and kind of see what, what's going on here. And so I collected a lot of research, um, so a Forbes article, Harvard Business Review article. But the big thing we're going to talk about today is a company called Manpower Group. They did an employment outlook survey and they conducted this at the end of Q, like in the like end of Q2, early Q3. And they surveyed 39,000 employers. Okay, I'm going to let that number sit for a second. 39,000 employers, so 39,000 companies in 41 countries. And when I look at data, I love seeing a number like 39,000 because that gives me a lot of faith in the applicability of these reports, right? When I see like, we surveyed a hundred people, it's like, that's great. And that's a really good sample set, but that can't, I I always have a hard time correlating that to like the greater masses. But if you're telling me you surveyed almost 40,000 employers in 41 countries, and you're seeing this trend across all of those, that gives me a lot, there's a lot of credence there, right? A lot to stand on. So I want to start out because with this, I know I've already started the episode, but <laughs> sorry to talk about this particular content. Uh, I'm going to link all the studies and everything in the, in the show notes as well. But uh, the Harvard Review, Harvard Business Review article, uh, this actually came out a couple of years ago about Q4 hiring. And at the top, it says this one line and I freaking love it. It says, hiring is a year round process and there's never a bad time to apply for a job. And I think that's so true. I I have personally seen that in my own clients that there's never really this like monumental time of the year where it's a bad time to apply or the best time to apply for a job. Um, and a couple of reasons for that. So. One is that there are companies who work on a fiscal year, right? So, or on a calendar year. So from January to December, like that's their budget. And, you know, every quarter they're budgeted for new talent. So, you know, you're going to see that, that more cyclicalness of that there's, there's just open roles and companies are growing and roles are being, uh, being added. Um, but where I think a lot of people like get, forget also is that a lot of companies actually operate on a fiscal calendar, meaning that, so for example, like I worked for a company that was founded in April of 1988. And so their fiscal year actually ran from April 1st to March 31st. And so come April 1st, that's when we, like the majority of the jobs were actually open in that company. Not to say that roles weren't open uh, throughout the year based on, on different budgets and stuff, but that was a big part of when we said, okay, 
we now see how last year went. Here's now we're moving on to our new fiscal year, and we open we always open a ton of jobs come April. So you never know a fiscal month, a uh, and fiscal year a company's working on. So that's why I'm saying I, I totally agree with this this statement here that hiring is a year round process, and there's never a bad time to apply for a job. Um, Ever. I really don't think that if I'm thinking back to any time in, in the year, there's not a bad time to apply for a job because you just don't know like what is going on behind the scenes. So let's get back to this um, employment outlook survey. And again, 39,000 employers across 41 countries. And here was the most exciting part of this for me. Employers across all 41 countries reported net positive hiring intentions for the fourth quarter, meaning that 40, so basically in every single country, they saw a net positive that they were going to be hiring. And what's interesting is that this is actually in alignment and is pretty on trend if we're looking at economically. So Goldman Sachs, and I'll put this this article in the show notes as well, but Goldman Sachs recently predicted that the U.S. has a 15% chance of entering a recession in the next year, which is down from 35% in March. And so what we're seeing is that as things are kind of calming down a little bit economically and are being are less alarming, we're seeing that organizations are also feeling less alarm and are are, are open to hiring and have this positive outlook of hiring. And so if we break down the numbers overall, just to kind of keep it simple, what was interesting about this report, and again, we're looking at it across all 41 countries, and it's pretty similar in, in the U.S. too, for those of you who are listening, but um, it breaks, I'm going to attach the report into the show notes here, and it's, it's big, it's meaty. So uh, if you're listening outside of the U.S. or in any particular country and you really want to narrow down onto your country, uh, that information is there too. Because I know we have people from all over the world listening. I actually um, did the Spotify raft the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're all over the world. So that's why I love being able to talk about this from a global perspective. Um, but 44% of employers anticipate an increase in hiring. Okay, let's pause on that for a second. 44% of employers anticipate an increase in hiring. Let's do that math. I'm going to do that live with you. I'm pulling out my calculator right now. 39,000 times 44%. Okay, that's huge, right? That is 17,000 employers are anticipating an increase an increase in hiring, okay? Like really thinking about that on like that that scale of how many people are increasing their hiring. Only of the forty one of the thirty nine thousand employers they they interviewed, only fourteen percent anticipated a decrease. Thirty eight percent reported no change. Okay, meaning that what they were working on quarter three, there's no change from quarter three to quarter four. Uh, so again, that's showing that there's not a, this big slowdown. And four percent were unsure. So if we're looking at you know, 44 plus 38 here, 82% of these 39,000 employers anticipate either no change in hiring or an increase in hiring, right? But that narrative that we have that says, oh, employers stop hiring for the holidays, employers stop hiring in quarter four, like this report is showing that that actually couldn't be further from the truth. 
only 14% of employers anticipated a decrease or stopping hiring, right? So it really is important to remember that like this narrative is out there of, oh, it's the holidays, no one's hiring, people are out of town. It's like people aren't out of town for like three months. Like what what, what is going on, right? Are people out of town maybe during like like the core holidays? Sure, but the co- most companies don't shut down for a full month. Maybe they're shutting down for a week or maybe even two weeks. So keeping that in mind, like you're you're talking about one week or two weeks out of 12 weeks. And I, I think it's also safe to say too, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in this episode as well, but this trickles into to January because what happens is so many people say, okay, well, I'll just pick back up in January. Well, okay, come January, it's you're getting back started. You're starting to look at roles again. You're working on your resume, whatever it is, by the time you're actually kind of ready to apply to roles, it's probably end of January, early February, right? So really keeping that in mind of like how important it is to kind of start getting things in now um, for roles that you are interested in that align with you. And so I just loved this outlook. I was not surprised by it because my own personal A, intuition and B, research and just what I see in the market um, made me feel feel this way but again I'm not ever kind of come in here and speak on my feelings about something as meaty as this uh, and looking at this report like really 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 gave me that that peace of mind of no why are we perpetuating this I see it all the time even from like people who are so well-meaning right it's like oh well if I when hiring slows down on the holidays here's or quarter four here's what you can focus on instead and it's like no focus on getting a job <laughs> like you can still do that um, and again some people I want to say this too and preface you know what else i'm going to talk about with 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 this statement of if you want to take time off by all means take time off right like by all means if you need the time take the time if your kids are off of school or you're on a break or whatever it is and you need some time just to decompress i want you to take that time but if you are like "Mm, i'm just you know everyone's saying no one's hiring so i'm just gonna kind of give up right now that is the attitude we want to turn turn right around so with that in mind and we're talking about these the employment outlook i want to talk a little bit more about what else was in this study because not only did that make my heart happy but a lot of other things in the study made my heart happy as well so in this employment report they weren't just looking at who was hiring they were really looking at um a lot of different things and one in particular was skills and for those of you that know me who've worked with me you know that i first and foremost focus want you all to focus on the skills that you have that you bring to the table right when i talk about finding your lnd niche the first part is your transferable skills, right? What are the skills that you have and how do we start to showcase those? And uh, I think many of you know too, I'm writing a book right now and one of the things that I'm, ta- I'm writing in, in the introduction is how we have really moved and we continue to move in this idea of, of the skills-based society. And it's less about, it's becoming less and less about job titles and specific roles and responsibilities, but more around this actual skill set itself and how that can manifest inside of organizations to complete different tasks and have those different roles and responsibilities. So the skills, you know, it, from a skills perspective, it's really important to understand globally, like what are the skills that employers are looking for? And what I really was excited to see was this um, this preference and this focus on some of these soft skills, you know, these more human skills. And 
uh, 39% of the employers said they look for candidates who have uh, communication, collaboration, and teamwork skills. 33% they're looking for accountability and reliability. 29% reasoning and problem solving. 23% active learning and curiosity. And 23% also said resilience, stress tolerance, and adaptability. And so what's so interesting about this and what I think could be really helpful for those of you who are in the middle of a career transition right now or thinking about your next role is to think about these skills, right? Think about communication, collaboration, teamwork, accountability, reliability, reasoning, problem solving, et cetera, right? all of these more human skills and start to think about examples of where you've utilized them. These are really great to utilize in a lot of different ways. One is highlighting them on your resume. So communication, collaboration, problem solving, like resilience, right? Adaptability. Those are all things that you can easily, easily showcase on a resume, especially one that's skills-based. And I, I teach that in um, inside of all my programs, I have L&D Career Club, a skilled chronological hybrid resume. So we're telling the story of your skills, but still in that more chronological way that someone can follow when reading like a book. And so utilizing it for that. The other great way that you can utilize this too is when we're thinking about hiring, you're thinking about um, applying, is in cover letters inside of your um, interview stories. So I teach that inside of the L&D Career Club too as we prepare for interviews, looking at these and saying, okay, where are some where are some examples now of when I've, when I've utilized these skills? If we know that 39% of employers are looking for communication, collaboration, and teamwork skills, how can I showcase that? What are some stories that I have that showcase that that is a skill that not only I have, but that I've honed over my career? And so I thought it was just a really interesting uh, survey in the sense where they really focus on that that skill perspective. And it made me excited because there's so many opportunities in the hiring process to be able to share your skills in many different ways. And if we know which ones that many employers are going to be looking for, it really helps us to tailor that to to the skill, right? Not tailor it to the employer or to the job responsibility necessarily, but really tailor it to the skill and showcase that skill. So I would definitely encourage you all, you know, for those of you who are actively looking right now, to really sit down with those skills Communication, collaboration, teamwork, accountability, reliability, reasoning, problem solving, active learning, curiosity, resilience, stress tolerance, and adaptability. And think about two things. One, what does that look like for you in your next role? Like what do you, how do you want to use communication? How do you want to use collaboration and teamwork, right? So think about that and reflect on that. And the second thing is, is once you reflected on how you want to utilize that in your next role, start to think about examples in which you've already done that and how that aligns with what it is you want to do next. And that will set you up for success, again, whether it is for your resume, for your cover letter, showcasing it in a portfolio even, of being able to interview effectively and tell those stories, knowing that and knowing that right off the bat will be so, so helpful. It's actually something uh, inside of the L&D Career Club, we have a course called Ace the L&D Interview, and there's a whole module called the prep module, and it's how to prep even before you have interviews, right? Really understanding a lot of your core stories and your core strengths and being able to speak to them before you even have an interview lined up, and this is a really great a really great way to start that prep phase before you even have an interview lined up. So for those of you who are maybe having interviews coming up or not, and you're like, all right, I'm not slowing down Q4, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm prepared. This is a great place to really start preparing. Okay. So another statistic that stood out for me was that this was really interesting. And I'm sure some of you listening will probably roll your eyes at this, but I'm, I've seen this statistic a lot. Um, and uh, this, this number in many different forms and across many different studies. And 
it aligns with kind of what we were just talking about in front of the skill set in the skill set perspective, which is 77% of businesses said recruiters were struggling to find talent with the right skills for their jobs. And this is up from 54% in 2019. Okay, so 77% of these 39,000 employers, y'all, that's a lot of freaking people, said that recruiters were struggling to find talent with the right skills for their jobs. And that is what I'm talking about, y'all, about why it is so, so, so important to get crystal, crystal, crystal clear on what your LND niche is. Because the big part of that is really understanding your skills, your interests, and being able to communicate those effectively, translate them effectively. So that way, when a recruiter is looking at your resume, it is a clear, clear, clear fit that you have the right skills for their jobs. And I do not mean copying and pasting their job description into your resume and keyword ladening the whole entire thing. That is by far one of the worst strategies in all honesty uh, for many reasons, which I have many different podcast episodes on that. But I digress to going back to your skills, your skill set, how you utilize them. When you then find your niche and you're clear on that and you create a resume on that, and then you're going out there and you're finding roles that align with your skills the way that you want to utilize them, we now have this magnetic match, right? So in doing that, you can really, for 70% of these businesses are saying, we can't find talent with the right skills. But what's really, what I personally think is happening behind this is like, there's just people who aren't doing a really good job of showcasing their skills. They have the talent. They're just not good at showcasing their skills. And so there's such room for improvement. And for those of you that are able to do that effectively, you're standing out amongst all these people who aren't able to do that. So it's, again, going back to that Q4 being a great time to look for roles. And when you're doing that, you're doing it from a place of really, truly understanding your skills and how they align to the role that you want to have in your uh, next, you're now standing out amongst, for 77% of these businesses, you're now standing out because you're in alignment there. So I thought that was a really interesting statistic. And again, I've heard it, I've heard it many different times and I've seen it in many different studies. Um, and it's always been in like the 70%. So I, I'm, I'm, I feel confident in that number there. And again, I know it kind of feels like, oh, like gut-wrenching. Like there's so many people who are looking for jobs, um, yet there's so many businesses saying they can't find people. And again, I don't think it's that the talent isn't out there. It's just that the talent itself is not doing a good job of showcasing themselves and marketing themselves. And so remembering that if you are looking for a job, you are a marketer. You are marketing yourself. You are selling yourself. That is exactly what you are doing. And so it's like, you know, it's saying like, oh, I can't find a product out there to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, there's a product out there to do anything, right? And everything. But if you can't find that product, then that it's not your fault, right? It's that product is not doing a, a good enough job of being able to to, to sell itself, right? And to be found. And so I think that's just a really, really, really core number to really think about that there's so many businesses out there that are saying that they can't find talent with the right skills. And really what it is, is that those people who have the right skills aren't doing a good job of showcasing them. So that is your opportunity, again, to go back to those key soft skills and think about how am I marketing myself in these uh, on top of the technical skills, right? Because there are some technical skills in our field that, we, you know, depending on what your niche is, you want to make sure you know. Um, but these these key, more human element skills, am I showcasing those? So really important there. 
Okay. So some other statistics that stood out to me in this report, which I thought were super, super, super cool, is that employers are now more than ever open to hiring more non-traditional candidates. So I thought it was really great that 34% said that they are um, they are open to hiring candidates who are older and seeking employment changes. And I thought that was really interesting. And that number, all these numbers are, are up from the past. I don't have those in front of me, but you know, that I have seen personally, you know, that ageism does exist, right? But what I'm noticing more and more, especially, you know, I have clients who are in their 50s and in their 60s looking for their, their next role um, and doing it successfully. And um, so it's it's been really interesting. I personally have seen that in my own clients. And so to see that number reflected here was, was um, really cool, in all honesty. Um, 27% are open to hiring candidates who have been unemployed due to caretaking responsibilities. 27% are also open to non-linear career paths. That is way up. And then uh, 26% are open to those who are long-term unemployed. And so I think we're just really seeing a big shift in the global market here, in the, in the, in the global uh, career market, of knowing that there's some non-traditional ways and understanding that people who, just because they didn't have a traditional path, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be great for the role. And we've known that <laughs> as career coaches, as job seekers, right? But it's been, what I what I found from this report is that it, it, I'm seeing a trend upwards. What I'd like to see more people being open to people seeking employment changes and non-linear career paths and being long-term unemployed. Yes, absolutely. And at the same time, knowing that these numbers are trending upwards makes me feel really good because I'm personally seeing that with my clients. And so seeing that trend upwards across 39,000 employers, uh, it was, was enlightening. And I hope that for those of you who are have been unemployed for a long time or on a non-linear career path or seeking an employment change are making a, a career pivot later in life. Um, or those of you who've been caretaking and you've been unemployed due to that. I have talked to someone this morning who just took many years off to be a mom. Like, hell yeah. And seeing that there's so many more organizations now who who see that and champion that um, just warm my heart. And just know that, that like that is trending upwards. And so if you're falling into any of those categories, that's great and just know that more and more people are are becoming more and more open to that and not only open to it but seeking it so that's the cool part too okay so here is where I just again loved this report because not only did it talk about from a hiring perspective it also looked at from an employment perspective like what encourages productivity at work and again I asked the same 39,000 employers and of the 39,000 employers, um, they said that 40% said professional development through training, upskilling, and reskilling is the top driver of productivity at work. Um, other drivers were having clear goals and objectives for staff, which was 37%, and then cultivating a positive work culture that includes performance recognition was 36%. And I thought this was so fascinating because this not only does this report show us, for those of you who are career seeking, um, that now is a great time. It's going to continue to be a good time, right? This trend just isn't ending like in Q4. This is going to continue on through next year. But that those of you who are job seeking and learning and development, which I assume many of you are if you're listening to the L&D Career Club podcast, that our field right? Training, upskilling, and reskilling inside an organization is what these employers see as the top driver 
of encouraging productivity at work. And so not only is the outlook bright for job seekers in general, but here we're looking at and we're saying that the number one thing employers are seeing as important inside the organization is training, upskilling, and reskilling. And hello, that is what we do, right? So I'm seeing here opportunities plus job security. And same thing, right? Clear goals and objectives for staff. Like that's something that we definitely help with in L&D, positive work culture, performance recognition, right? So I see, I see us in all of these things right here. So this tells me like job security, more L&D jobs and more jobs just in the people space in general. And I saw that and I got so giddy. I, you can probably tell I'm so excited to see this report. Um, and this, again, this isn't the end all be all to, I always like to, to, to state that, but in, there's been so many reports, McKinsey's and reports and Deloitte's and reports and, you know, Harvard Business Review. We've seen all these things where they're talking about training, upskilling and reskilling um, on both sides, right? That employers are seeing this as an importance and employees are saying, hey, in order for me to stay here longer, I need to be developed. So we're seeing this, this like apex happening right now and this connection point. And for me, what I see are more L&D roles and more job security in the L&D space. So this just made me feel really, really confident. So again, if you are searching for a role, if you're actively searching for a role, now is a wonderful, wonderful time to do it because not only are there plenty of jobs available and that are looking for the skills that you have, employers are also recognizing that the idea of training, upskilling, and reskilling is of pivotal importance to productivity in the organization and are willing to put their money where their mouth is. So I, I love that. Uh, I hope you do too. So a couple of the things that I want to um, talk about in terms of not necessarily this report, but some reflections that I had based on this report is I think something to remember is I, and I've personally seen this, I know many of you have experienced this, that the hiring process is actually, it's, it's taking longer than it used to. Uh, and so like even with the holidays, right, like notice that it can be a longer process, but it's not a lesser process, right? So don't let things like scheduling conflicts or holidays, you let that get in your get in your head too much of like, oh, well, I didn't hear back from them. I must not be whatever, right? Like, you know, letting our, our, the, our brain make stories up for us. Just know that like the process in general has been taking longer than it used to. And with the holidays, it can take longer. So don't let that... I want to encourage you not to let that discourage you um, as you're applying for roles in Q4. So while the in, there's an increase in jobs available, it may be slower because yes, people are taking vacations. Uh, that's just normal, but it doesn't mean anything about you or the jobs available or the job market. It just means that someone went on a vacation. Amazing. Actually, when I see that inside an organization, like if the, if the hiring process is a little bit slow because people are like out in the office or they're out on vacations, I personally see that as a good thing. So like, oh, wow, like here are people who actually take vacations inside of this company. Um, they, that must be a, a, from a culture perspective, right? Like, wow, okay, this is a culture that takes their time off and takes their PTO. Uh, so I always actually look at that as a good thing. Like if it's going slower because it's working around people's schedules, just remember like when you're on the other side and you're in that organization, I see that as a good thing of like, oh, they're actually really, they're respectful of my personal schedule as well. So keep that in mind. So I would say the number one thing about applying during Q4 is there's less competition because the reality is this, this myth of job 
slowing down or the job market slowing down in quarter four is an assumption. And many people assume that it's a bad time of year to job hunt or that or maybe they're just too busy with holiday events and don't have time to focus on the job search. And if you are open to looking and you are ready to look and you have the energy, this works in your favor. It's less competition. Um, Like I mentioned, most people will start up again in January meaning they aren't actually even ready to apply again until end of the month or February. So if you are, this is coming out on December 5th, right? We have a whole month left. You know, if you are applying to jobs this week, you, you know, and, Compared to someone else who is taking off all of December, you know, they're probably you you have at least, at least a six-week head start on them. Right? At least a six-week head start. So really, really keep that in mind um, when it comes to when it when it comes to applying. That if you are, if you are, if you do have the energy to apply in Q4 and keep up that pace, now's a great time to do it. And a lot of new budgets are starting in January. So a lot of organizations will increase will increase their hiring. Um, and so not only are you, you know, are you seeing roles there that are there now, there are companies that will be posting a lot of roles come January. Some just can't post it until the budget, like until a budget actually hits. So I think what's really exciting too, and a, a good thing to think about is if you're continuing your job search over the holidays, over the Q4 here and into January, you'll be able to make these connections. And you know, and oftentimes maybe even before roles are posted. So maybe you're looking for a job and you apply and maybe you go through the process and it's not the right fit. Well, in January, they might have a whole other role that is the right fit for you and you already have it in there. Um, and so it makes it even more likely that you'll have that you know role waiting for you in that new year or that there's already opportunities that you already have an in with. So like I said, y'all, Q4, there is no slowdown. And again, I know it's easy for people to think that because of the holidays. And some people might personally experience that, right? So remember that this is a survey, this is a big study, but it doesn't negate your personal experience. So if you're hearing crickets in Q4, that's okay, right? It's 39,000 companies. There's millions and millions of companies out there in the world. Um, But I really, really want you to keep an open mind as as we continue to continue towards the end of Q4 and as we get into Q1 that this is meant to show you that the outlook is positive and if I didn't think it was I wouldn't be telling you that but I'm looking at the data right here where these employers are increasing hiring their Goldman Sachs is saying that we have a 15% chance of entering a recession versus 35 and companies are seeing that and they're feeling that also so I hope this gives you some hope um, and some positive energy as you go through the end of the year. Um, again, we have some really fun things going on um, inside the LD Career Club. I'm going to do a whole podcast on that uh, probably next week or the week after, actually, uh, where we are going to roll out all of the new programming inside of there. Y'all are going to lose your minds, which I'm excited about. And we have our free masterclass happening on the 21st. And I am doing one week of coaching. I have those open, those spaces open right now. So, so many fun things to look forward to. And I hope this outlook, uh, this report really shows you that the job market is strong. And on top of the job market, the L&D field is super strong as well. So I wish you all happy job searching, happy hunting, and happy holidays. And I will check back with you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the L&D Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. 
And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.